Hello and welcome back to the Black Dog Runner podcast. Uh, my name is Peter Lewis, I'm your host, and the Black Dog Runner podcast is all about mental health and how I find running activities, ultra-endurance events help me deal with my black dog and live with it. Uh, we all suffer from mental health at some point in our lives, whether we recognize it or not, and mental health comes in all different forms. So this is for anyone that is interested in the subject of mental health, but particularly how to cope with it, how to manage it in a practical sense. You know, I'm I'm not a qualified therapist or counsellor, so please seek your own um, advice in those areas. But I am somebody that's passionate about sort of talking about mental health because it helps me manage my own. So it's quite a selfish thing, but in many ways, I'm hoping that if it helps at least one person that might be listening to this, even if it is just my mum, then um, my work is done. So today's podcast episode is interesting. I'm going back in the vault. And one of the very last recordings I made when this podcast was called Give Yourself the Chat was with a guest called Taylor James, who runs his own podcast called The Waffle Shop, um, as in waffle talking. Um, and we had such a, a lovely time, but I never got to publish that episode because uh, for one reason or another, probably mainly to do with managing my own mental health, I was finding the challenge of running a business um, and and podcasting and editing and doing all those things. It was just getting on top of me. So I really had to strip things out of my life. I really had to go to the essential, prioritize my time and my energy and therefore aid my mental health. So this episode never got published and it's just been sat on my hard drive until now. I've now's the time to to release it because it's a perfect podcast episode for Black Dog Runner now that Black Dog Runner is all about mental health and in many ways this is my favorite episode of the 30 or so that I recorded under the Give Yourself the Chat moniker but it never seemed to fit that uh, we we talk about mental health in this episode and but Give Yourself the Chat was more about sort of stoicism leadership and and, and high performance and and to be honest with you whilst this is my favorite episode it didn't really sort of fit the give yourself the chat modes which is probably why I didn't publish it and it was such a great shame but now with Black Dog Runner it's the perfect episode to really kick off this next series of interviews with people and if they're as enjoyable and as uh, honest as this one with Taylor James is um, then we're in for a, a, a treat. So sit back, listen, enjoy. I've got 43 minutes or so of um, talking with Taylor. Um, it is kind of time stamped a little bit because we reference a few things that um, he was involved in back in the day, but the majority of it is still absolutely relevant. And and it's a perfect way of kicking off this second season of this new podcast format around mental health. So I'll give you Taylor James and uh, I hope you get something from it uh, and, and as much as I did. Uh, I've got uh, Taylor James with me today. We're going to be talking about mental health and and podcasting because he's a podcast show host. So I think he's got a few more episodes than I have in the can there. <laughs> but uh, Taylor, nice to see you, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. uh, honestly a pleasure. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So we we I um we were talking about off air, weren't we? We sort of kind of met through this um platform called Matchmaker, which kind of puts podcast 
guests and hosts together, but I think they could have put, picked a better name. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on this dating website or whatever. It's really dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not what it sounds like i promise no, 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 no. honestly it's not you know try explain that to my to the missus um so we're, we're, we're going to talk about uh podcasting which i know we're, we're both passionate about we were just saying weren't we how actually a lot of people say you know quite how do you talk for half an hour 40 minutes or so but th that's the easy bit isn't it it's, it's all the oh, production that goes on with it what, what's your experience of that exactly the same like i could sit here for hours talking it's the bit afterwards that takes probably about four or five hours yeah. it's taking out the constant like breaks the breaths the ums the i have a horrible tendency to say you know or oh, i can't even think what it is now that i say all the time You'll probably, you'll probably find out in about we'll, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out yeah and uh, yeah i, I, I use, can hear yeah, it all the time yeah. i'm like oh, stop saying that well do you, do you know what the thing that has really um brought me present with my language and how i sound is is wearing for those that can't see it but listening i'm wearing a set of headphones and i i'd often watch you know the joe rogan's of this world and rich roll and all those yeah. podcasts you know the luminaries in this thing why are they wearing headphones i, I don't get that but the moment you put them on and like you've got the kind of in-ear ones, you can hear yourself. But particularly, yeah. you know, when you're drifting <laughs> off from the microphone and everything else like this. And it's like, ah, oh, right, now I get it. You know, they weren't just wearing it for vanity. <laughs> and you, it's you, just I've got a real paranoid about my ears. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll keep mine kind of hemmed yeah. in there. So let's um, let, let's talk about. It. So I, I I find podcasting. So I I started this as a pandemic project for me. So yeah, let's just sort of timestamp this. We're rapidly heading towards the end of the year. UK here is. I mean, you're up in Coventry. I'm here in Andover. But um, all of us are are in some kind of tier system, no matter where we are in the world. It seems. And so this was a pandemic project uh, to to connect with people. But rather selfishly, it was about me uh, addressing my own mental health issues and my depression. And I found that just talking out loud and hopefully recording so somebody gets some value from it. But I have to say, it's quite a selfish premise I started from, and it's, it's grown from there. How about, how about you? What was your sort of route into podcasting and, and mental health? And, and, and are the two things sort of layered for you? I think it's very similar. And I think this is why the conversation clicked with us straight away. Um, I, again, first off, I don't, th I don't think it's selfish. This is what I'm telling myself, so I'm going right. to tell you this. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but very similar. I was in a real tough place just before we went into lockdown. I was actually having therapy sessions for it, but then COVID happened, so all that had to come to an end. And I ran that risk of either going backwards into that negative place, or I carry on talking and open up about it. And then I've always listened to music. I've always listened to podcasts. And it was like, okay, maybe just start talking about it, record them, put it out there, see what happens. And yeah, it turned into free therapy. It's how I've learned so much about myself, not just my own mental health, but like how I act, how I react to things. Like it's insane, really. Mm. But yeah, it's, it is a little bit selfish, but for some bizarre reason, other people want to join us for the journey as well. So well, complain. Well, no, well, and well done for you. And, and I think that's one of the things about mental health. And, and it's not just men's mental health. It's, it's that it's, it feels if I have to talk to somebody, it feels like I'm burdening them or it feels like a selfish thing to do. Yeah. So we tend to, in my limited experience, to keep it in 
which is the worst thing that you could possibly do Definitely. because you think you're burdening others or if you think it's too selfish just to talk about, let's talk about me. But actually, one, that's the wrong attitude to take. But equally, the amount of people that really are relieved that, oh, thank God, somebody else is talking about it. It's yeah. that whole thing, I'm not alone. It's, it's like Meghan Markle recently talking about um, you know, the loss of a, of a child and a miscarriage. Yeah. It's like so many women came out and said, this is so good that you're talking about this because now yeah. it gives me an opportunity to talk about it. And I, and I guess in some ways, it's the same for you and I in that regard. I think it's giving people, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for speaking about it and, and it's quite rare that I shut up about it now. I've kind of gone from one extreme to the other. <laughs> um, but it is about giving other people that level of confidence that, okay, well, oh, they trust me to open, they're, they're speaking to me about whatever, you know, the anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. Mm. And then when, obviously, naturally how a conversation goes, it's like, oh, how are you feeling? I mean, if you've heard how that person is really feeling, you'd be more inclined to like, Joe, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little bit anxious myself. I'm feeling mm. this, like things aren't great at the minute. Yeah. And it wor it works both ways. And it's something so simple, yet it's the most effective thing and tool that we have in regards to mental health. It's just that they're talking about. It. So what, what was your, what's your story then, uh, Taylor, in terms of uh, depression, or anxiety or, or general mental health that has brought us to us having this conversation? Yeah. So around three years ago, um, prior, prior to this, I didn't have any experience with mental health whatsoever so i was one of those people like oh you know is it i was one of those people with that you know that attitude of like is it real is it this is it that and then so now it's kind of like well you know you shouldn't have said that this is karma now hitting you in the, in the face with a brick if you like yeah. um but around three years ago um i nearly lost my mom to an operation gone wrong so overnight I had to become a homeowner, a, a father figure to my younger sister. And it was like a medical drama, what we were kind of dragged into. So I had a, my mom had a slip disc. Right. Probably, this is going to be a lot of information, by the way, in a short period. Go for it, mate. <laughs> it's only you um, and me. Nobody else is listening. To <laughs> Perfect. Um, so yeah, so my mom had a slip disc in her back and she went in to have it operated on fairly routine. Um, op operation went fine. She came home, but then she started getting really delirious and confused. And I thought it was the medication that she was taking. So I took control of that, like, you know, spoke to the doctors and said, like, what should she be having? But it was still ha happening. We got her to hospital and what was actually happening was the spinal fluid was leaking and it was collected at the bottom of her spine and it had become infected, which mm. was then causing, it's like any infection, it causes, yeah. you know, very like a bit of a ripple effect. So then I left the hospital around midnight, I think it was, or maybe just a little bit later to come home because my sister was starting her GCSEs the day after. So morning after i got my sister off to the start of her exams i got a phone call to say taylor you need to get to the hospital we need to make a decision in regards to your mom's brain and me being really argumentative i was like no it was a back so i'm like no get to the hospital it's her, it's her brain wow. so when we got there what had happened as they were trying to drain the fluid it had traveled up the top of her spine into the bottom 
of the brain and caused a blockage and starved the brain of oxygen. So then when we got there and they were like, you know, they were saying these words like brain dead and, you know, brain damage. And you just kind of like, what, what have I just walked into? Mm. So we had months and months of intensive care, them turning the life support machine off. And then she started breathing by herself. You know, we were spending up to like 12 hours a day by her side, just like squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand, not knowing the level of damage that was done to the brain. And she just went from strength to strength. I mean, she's now in a neurological care home where mm. she's, you know, she needs 24 hour care. She's unfortunately lost the use of her legs, but she's so, so strong and she's so, she's still there. Like I've still got yeah. my mom. Yes. It's not a version of my mom that I remember, but I've, I've still got her here. Yeah. But what, along the way what was happening as much as it was heartbreaking to see my mom and obviously getting my sister through things like her prom and her first breakup like oh god yeah. no one prepares you no. for that kind of stuff. As, <laughs> i did not have a clue <laughs> what to do well yeah but, well welcome to, to to my world yeah with a yeah. daughter it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah i think that's a whole different <laughs> episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but every time, because I was next of kin, I was taking the brunt of every phone call, you know, a lot of, I think with any kind of grief or traumatic experience, people tend to have this feeling of like, oh, I'll step up, I'll do this, I'll try, try to take control. And then all it does is just cause is arguments. Mm. But because I took control of the situation, I, I feel like a lot of people didn't like it and then it was a lot of negativity thrown at me i was trying to keep my career going and then in january of this year mom was in hospital for aspirated pneumonia and again we were sat in those little rooms saying you know she's not going to make it this that and the other and i left and it was for the first time in my life i was like i, I can't do this anymore yeah like i literally I can't, i've got nothing left like i i just felt empty it was like every time I'd been in that little room, like it took like a little bit away from me. Yeah. And then it just got to a stage where thoughts were crossing my mind and humor's my biggest coping mechanism as well, as well as music. And I wasn't finding the joke. I wasn't laughing. I was just, I was, I was just empty. And yeah, I went down a road that I don't, ever want to go down again but at the same time i'm so grateful that i hit that rock bottom mm. because it made me re-evaluate the situation i was in it made me process what had actually happened mm. and reach out and get help and then yeah it it was tough and it's still tough i, I mean I've, I've struggled with anxiety, depression, and I've got a, a rolling form of um, post-traumatic stress. Mm. So it's like, even when like my phone rings and stuff, I, I panic because right. I think it's going to be bad news, but I'm now on this bit of a journey where I'm finding the right coping mechanisms. It's, it's situations like this, conversations like this that have the biggest impact for me emotionally and mentally that it allows me to kind of release how I'm feeling, you know, 
hopefully helping other people along the way mm. and then it kind of it's like a bit of a diary entry because then i can look back and feel like well you know at that point that's how bad you thought things were but now look how far you've come so i understand that was a lot of information there. no 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 but that's really there's so much there's so much to potentially unpack there so that i love that last bit about it's almost like a diary or journal entry mm -hmm. just to kind of process those thoughts and, and I'm, I'm struck with um this thought that i just i wonder and i've got no sort of scientific basis for this but i wonder if you've experienced anything like this depression anxiety is it just something coming to terms with it's always going to be part of us and it's your degree of coping with it that helps yeah. you feel like normal it's almost like the genie's out the bottle and you can't put it back in but what you yeah. need to learn now is how to manage it and spot those signs and i was also struck by the fact that you talk about how, how music and comedy or laughter and yeah. joking around is is part of, you know, what really is part of your core being, but even you weren't finding the usual stuff funny. And for me, it's yeah. um, exercise and running and, and triathlon were the things yeah. that really put me in the, probably the same space that music and comedy does for you. And, and I caught myself once to sort of sat at the kitchen table thinking I'm at my real low here. And I know if I went for a run, I would feel better. And I couldn't even be bothered to do the very thing that actually I knew would help me. And that's when you kind of realize I need some kind of help here. And, and help comes in many forms. And talking about it, as we're doing, is, is perhaps one of the more powerful non-clinical type of or non-pharmaceutical type <laughs> of interventions you can make. Because I'm, I'm not into kind of, if I can avoid taking medication, I will. But that's yeah. not to say it's a bad thing to do because i think it comes in so many different forms this disease and in inverted commas yeah. Perhaps, you know it's, uh... no I, I i agree and again i i do have exactly the same mentality when it comes to taking to i i take um medication every day for mine but then there's when i don't take it or i forget to take it i take it as a positive because it's like oh okay well i haven't needed yeah. it today yeah. i use it as more of a crutch rather than I need to take this because I think especially with mental health and you know you see it all over like men, uh, like Instagram and everywhere about it being like a mental health journey and this that and the other and it's like it is it, it is a journey and with like every journey there are ups and downs and there is no quick fix and it was one of the harshest realities i think i got when i first went on medication was i was thinking like oh well i'm gonna take this i'm gonna feel better mm. and it wasn't then until i started doing things like running you know exercise i was you know just really broadening my horizons with things that were going to allow me to win rather than sitting in this kind of little bubble of well, I'm taking these tablets, nothing's happening, I feel worse, I'm, you know, you are going to have to put the work in. It's not just a quick fix. We are in, unfortunately, in this generation of, you know, if you want to be slimmer, where it's like, it, it's pushed everywhere, like, you, oh, you take this type of tea, you take this tablet, you know, yeah. you wake up slimmer, like, you can go and get your teeth whitened, like, fake, ta you know, it's all these different things, like, it's a quick fix. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but mental health is not something that you can 
apply fake tan to for a quick <laughs> fix. <laughs> like, probably the worst analogy or whatever it is. No, that I could but, have used, it, but yeah. you're going to have to put the work in and you're going to have to want to get better and find that one thing or two things that will get you through it. Yeah. And it was interesting. I had a previous guest, uh, an old army buddy of mine, uh, Rob Shenton, um, who, you know, we were talking about mental health on that. And and he said, I, I prefer to use the term mental fitness because mental fitness is the analogy being is that if you want to yeah. get better running, you've got to put the miles in, you've got to put the, exactly. the, the gym time in. And, and that helped him sort of reframe the whole thing rather than perhaps sometimes mental health is seeing as your, your, you're in some way broken or it's this thing that you, yeah, I, I, and it's, it's, it's a, he didn't find it a useful label and I kind of a, a, agree with him. I've also come to the realization Taylor that, um, I mean, all of us, we come at the at mental health or we depression, anxiety in its, in its many forms from different triggers. I mean, you've got your family situation, your mother and everything else and, and, and being that, that sort of central paternal figure that had to step into that. And then I, I sit here thinking, why am I sort of suffering from depression? I've got nothing to worry about. I've had no catastrophic event in my life. I've got a, a marriage that's lasted 20 odd years and going strong. I've got two really healthy kids. And what have I got to be depressed about? And, and that in itself is the wrong attitude because what you're doing is there, you're comparing your situation and how you're feeling with somebody else's. And you look at yeah. them and you think, I'm not as bad as them. Why should I? And it makes you feel even worse. And one of the realizations yeah. I've had is that no two cases are alike and all cases are just as valid because it's what the individual's feeling. Definitely. And that's, that's part of part of the process of understanding how to live with this for me, at least. No, I, I completely agree. Like I've got friends who struggle with anxiety and depression, but they feel uncomfortable to still now to talk to me about it because they're, experience or what's caused theirs is nowhere near the same level as what caused mine but again i'm constantly reminded like well it, it doesn't matter like if you broke your leg in a skydiving accident or if i broke my leg falling down the stairs your leg still broke like it doesn't matter how you broke it or what caused it to break mm. it we're, we're all you know we're both in the same situation and i think it does put a lot of people off and but it also works on the flip side because I could sit here and be like, well, you know, you're lucky because you haven't been through this, this and this, but you can't have that opinion. You can't kind of judge. I don't know what the saying is now. You can't judge someone's chapter one when they're on chapter like 20 or some, mm. something along those lines. Cause mm. you know, again, everyone, you know, th their life is on so many different paths and it doesn't matter what causes yours or what causes mine you know we're we're feeling these normal emotions now and i yeah. think by conversations like this that they are being normalized you know mm. we don't beat ourselves up for being happy so why should we be beating ourselves up for feeling anxious yeah you know it was a normal <laughs> emotion before you know anxiety and anxiety disorders and was kind of labeled if you like yes anxious was a normal emotion before anxiety i think so i might have just made that up but i'm not a medical well, profession, so. quite, you, <laughs> you did a very good very good job of articulating it if it was just made up but i think actually what you're <laughs> suggesting is the way i interpret that is that there's a spectrum of feelings and emotions and they're all valid it's just that yeah. we tend to have legitimized some 
you know, success, happiness, and other things. And the, but this other end of the spectrum was like, well, unless you unless you did have some kind of freak skydiving accident, then your leg is more broken than somebody that tripped. Yeah. Down. No, granted, in the pub over a pint, the skydiving <laughs> story is more exciting to talk about, <laughs> as opposed to I tripped over myself getting out of bed. Um, but 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 that <laughs> aside, story aside, <laughs> what you're having to live with is is you know, the same. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I did some. I'm glad it yeah. made sense. No, I did it. Have you have you ever been skydiving? By the way, absolutely not. <laughs> and I, I also don't... now live in a bungalow just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I in in my military days, just to kind of lighten the mood a bit, I um, I did some skydiving. In fact, I, I confess, I've done over 500 um, times of leaping out oh, of a perfectly serviceable showing off. <laughs> well, no, it's not showing off. I I just kind of. Um, um, I, I, there's, there's a video out there and I, I, and, and this was back in the days before social media and everything else like this, me and three others, we, we did a naked skydive and I'm going, I'm talking in public now and it was filmed and I have never, ever seen the footage of that because the cassette went missing. I'm just glad now that nobody's got a device to play that on. Cause if it turned up at some jumble sale, it'd be like, no, nobody what can play it, it anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so a naked skydive. Not, nice not to get to the like, logistics of that. Was that not very cold? <laughs> <laughs> it was well. Well, for for a start, it was. We did it in Spain, but yeah, oh, out, okay. thir thirteen thousand feet altitude is pretty nippy, no matter what you say. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a bit cold, but um, it was the funniest thing ever. It was just hilarious, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> And um, not where I was expecting this conversation to go. No, nor, nor was I. Nor was I. But I, I like. I, I'm taking the lead from the Waffle Shop, your your own podcast, and that we talk about mental health, but then we just talk about anything. So I, I'm. I mean, it's all your fault. I've listened to your your show. So tell me about your your show. It's called the Waffle Shop, isn't it? And that's kind of what we're doing right now. But that's exactly um, what it, does exactly what it says on the tin. Well, it does. Yeah. So you can go anywhere with it. What what have you? What has podcasting or being a show host taught you? not just about dealing with your, your own sort of demons, but it, it, in the round. And, and I'll perhaps it'll just it'll kind of prompt some of my reflections as well. Because I, I, first and foremost, I love doing it. I love, because it's a lovely way, especially during pandemic, to connect with people. Definitely. And, and, and have a, a, this might not hear, the last two minutes of this conversation haven't been that meaningful for people. But, <laughs> you know, but it is about just having connection when yeah. we, are, we are limited by this virus. Do you know what? It's exactly the same reason. Like the the main thing that I learned again from just connecting and reaching out and having these kind of conversations, it doesn't matter from what walk of life that you are from or how much money you have in your bank. Like I've I've spoken to some of my favorite people on my podcast. I've had like like Janine from EastEnders and you know, some musicians like calling the gang, for example. Never in a million years would I have expected to sat in my room on zoom talking to these people about wow. the same emotions like anxiety you know self-doubt these very human emotions with these kind of people and it just makes me feel like do you know what no matter how good you have it no matter how bad you have it we're all in exactly the same boat like yeah. don't get me wrong some people may have like a yacht and some people may have like a dinghy but it's we're all we're all in the same position yeah and i think that is probably the biggest lesson that i've learned because i bottled everything up for so long and thought i was so isolated before we went into isolation mm. 
it was, oh, okay, now I'm having these kind of conversations. I'm relating to so many people because it's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I looked after this person. I, I can relate to that because of this. I, and it's like, wow, okay, never in a million years did I expect this conversation to go that or I would have something in common with Janine from EastEnders. <laughs> it's it's insane. But I'm so grateful that weirdly grateful of the pandemic if you like because it's allowed me to have these kind of conversations i wouldn't be sitting here you know sat here now talking to you without it so it's it's about looking for the the positives from the negatives for me but and and also what a great leveler it is you know some some are sailing in a yacht but we're on the same stretch of ocean together and that's that's that that really is uh, a, a lovely metaphor to to consider. And I mean, only this morning uh, I had uh, we've had, I had a meeting with somebody this morning, catch up. But it was prompted two weeks ago. This this woman I'd worked with thirteen years ago. Or so so I've wow. just listened to your podcast, and I'd really love to talk to you about. And I didn't know what she wanted to talk about, but she listened to the podcast anyway. We jumped on the call this morning. She said, "I listened to episode whatever." And you used an expression in there that was imposter syndrome. And she'd never come across this term imposter syndrome. She's, um, yeah. she's from uh, Switzerland and sort of lived in mainland Europe. But she'd never come across this term imposter syndrome. She said, the moment I heard you say and describe what that is, I thought, ah, that's me. And she said, it really, really helped. And I thought, well, well I one, know. I didn't make that term up, of course. But that's the power of a podcast. Yeah in that somebody just picks something up and you never know. And then they take the, the time to reach out to you, get in touch. And now we've, I'm, I've picked up a, a friendship from 13 years ago, which is amazing. I love that. But it's the, really but that cool, isn't it? It's so worthwhile. And as much as it's a bit of a, an ego boost, like you're just talking about like personal experiences. You're just talking about, you know, subjects that are close to you. And the fact that it can relate and resonate with other people yeah like it, I, I i think it's so powerful talking and listening it's it's pro- what you just said is exactly what needs to happen to keep this not movement i don't know if that's the right term to use but to keep this kind of ball rolling if you like yeah yeah it's um so i i, I want to ask you about how do you get celebrities on your part how do you get janine from eastenders or members of <laughs> Um, do you say it was cool in the gang? Is it cool in the gang? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, um, was that a three matchmaker? Was that... <laughs> <laughs> um, it was that it was on Tinder? That one was. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? Like, I when I first started it, I wrote a list of like who I would like to talk to, yeah. and I thought some of these never going to happen never going to happen and then it wasn't until my confidence started to build and i'm a very big believer in if you don't ask you don't get people can just say no obviously you move on they move on but then what i've done is i feel like my show as much as we talk about absolutely everything and anything there's a bit of heart behind it there's like there's a reason i mean it's the same as yours you know we're talking about mental health but and then it's from such a heartfelt place like your own experiences so when i was reaching out to these people it was like oh, okay 
I'd love to have you on the show, but this is the reason why I'm doing it. Here's my why, if you like. Would you like to be a part of it? Like, you know, I'm a huge fan. Um, And obviously some have said no, some have said yes. But then when I was on this journey, like calling the gang, it was actually calling the gang's PR company that dropped me an email. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Wow. How do these people, he's like, they've got Grammys, they've got a star on the Hollywood walk. of. I was like, yeah, what the hell? But that's what I mean. And it's the most grounding experience because at the start of the year, like this is going to sound really harsh and I apologize if this, you know, upsets anyone, but like I contemplated taking my own life in February of this year, like, 10 months on or however long it is where I'm now in a situation where I've processed what's happened. Like I've allowed myself the time to heal Mm. and I'm actually happy. Like I've achieved like through all that pain that I went through instead of letting it define who I was and, you know, the situation that I went through my mom, because it still happens. People still look at me as if said, Oh no, that's the, that's the lad whose mom went through that. Like they do it to my sister all the time. Mm. Whereas now I've been able to use it as a bit of a driving force to create something that I'm so incredibly proud of. And just by trusting the process, it's, I feel like I'm throwing so many cheesy one-liners in this conversation. <laughs> like I'm hearing them in my head. And I'm it's like, just... shut up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your cheesy one-liners, but also your candor and honesty uh, about, you know, the, the place you were in early on in the year yeah. and, uh, and and the fact that we're, we're still here to talk about it. It's testament to your strength. So thank you. Um, I, um, yeah, so get, I mean, you've inspired me to try and, I, I reached out to a celebrity. Um, I didn't have any celebrities come to me knocking on my door, but I, I got in touch with this, this, I had to be linked in with him. So I was using yeah. that social media platform. It was one of the, um, one of the guys of that program, um, SAS who dares wins, you know, the reality oh, yeah. TV yeah, yeah. program, whatever. And, uh, Oh, I'm going to name him. It was Ollie, Ollie on there. And, uh, and he, I listened to one of his podcasts, and uh, he mentioned something that I pretty much uh, I sort of tuned in with. So I dropped him a line, and uh, and then his PR people get back and say, "Yeah, this sounds like um, something that he'd be really interested in. Um, just let us know um, what's your following, what's your listenership. Yeah. Basically, have you got an audience big enough?" And, and I, I appreciate that. You know, just he, he's got a busy agenda. And I had to go back and say, well, I only started about a month ago or so. <laughs> I think it's me, my mum, and, you know, my son, perhaps. And he just wants to take the piss, you know. Um, so they never never got back to me. So, Ollie, if you're listening, the door is ajar yeah. if you want to come on. Um, but is it? do you ever look at your stats and just out of curiosity or vanity, see what your listenership is or, or how far or where you're being listened to? Do, do you kind of do, do that? You know it's, like, it's like Googling I, yourself. I do do and i hate that i have to admit that <laughs> but it's only because there's this site that i signed up to and it's called chartable right. i don't know if you've heard it but no. you might I'm be worth checking it out yeah. yeah but i signed up for it so this was back in the early days and i well i didn't really know what i was doing obviously podcasting i don't think anyone there's a right way or wrong way of doing it you have literally started something hope for the best and 
I'm grateful that obviously it's turned into something positive. Um, but then I started to notice that it was started going up in the charts. Yeah. Like at one point I was in the top 40 mental health chart in the UK. Wow. And I was like, what the hell? Like who is listening to me? And then obviously on, I, I use anchor to record mine and it breaks it down. Like, yeah. And it was like, I was listening, people listening in like Portugal or the Ukraine or, and it was like, <laughs> like some of these countries, I can't even spell. So yeah. how they are listening in, I do not know, but I highly recommend it because there was, um, it, I think it was a few weeks ago. I went top 40 in Finland, South Africa and Switzerland. I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I look I'm at similar. I'm, <laughs> I, I've got um, a, a sort of different um, thing I load. I don't use Anchor, but something similar. It gives you similar stats. It's just yeah. the way. Uh, India. I'm getting pretty big in India. I've got about 10 listeners there. I'm like, How the hell? <laughs> yes. You know, and it's, um, uh, and then because it produces like this heat map, literally a heat map on top of a global map. And there's, there's quite some listenership over in America, and you can kind of get that. But it's, it's those obscure corners of our planet. <laughs> like, you think, How? wow, brilliant. <laughs> How do you, and, and it's a really hard thing because, I mean, there's, everyone these days seems to have a podcast. And I think that's a good yeah. thing. It's, um, um, but, yeah, it's like, how do you, do you do that? It's, uh, it, is, it is funny. It's like Googling yourself just to see the stats. And it can be really depressing. But if you come at this with, do you know what? I'm, back to our point. I'm yeah. doing this as therapy for myself, and, yeah. and if I can chat to some interesting people and help, just that one—you know—that one person I referred to talk about imposter syndrome. My work—it feels like my work is done, and so everything else is a bonus from 100%, here on in. Hundred percent. I had a very similar case with a girl who listened to it, and she struggles with asthma, mm. and she was in a very very stressful situation, and she was really thinking that she was having like asthma attacks so she was taking an inhaler and then it wasn't i did an episode called like accepting anxiety and i just broke down like what happens when i have like a panic attack what it feels like this that and the other she actually went to the doctors and what she was actually having was real bad panic attacks mm. that was obviously separate to her asthma and she messaged me and was like i had no idea that this was happening and it wasn't until she reached out and kind of broke everything down that they described like yeah it sounds like you're having and obviously i'm not a medical professional i'm only speaking yeah. from purely from you know personal experience but just having that one person who was like thank you like i, I didn't know and now i've like yourself like i've made a really good friend like i speak to them almost on a daily basis now yeah it's it's insane it's but again like yourself it's just like a job well done because yeah we've helped ourselves in a way, but we've had that little bit of an impact. And for me, especially with the situation I went through, like with mom or continue to go through with mom, you know, I, I think about funerals a lot mm. because I kind of have to, you know, if yeah. that, if that happens with mom, but I want people to get to my funeral and be like, you know what, as much as obviously, well, I hope they cry. <laughs> That's yeah. what you want. If you, yeah. but I want people to get there and be like, do you know what? Like he, he achieved something like this is what he's left. Like his kind of legacy, if you like. And yeah, it's, it's a huge driving force yeah. as much as it probably just sound quite egotistical and very like 
as if I'm, you know, a bit of a big head, but it was, it's not about that. This, you know, even if I had like five, 10 people listening, as long as it was having an impact on like one or two people, that's, I don't think I could ask for anything more than that. No. And, and the wonderful thing, of course, is once you've uploaded and published it, that's it. It's out there. For, oh, yeah. There's uh, nothing you can do about it. Then. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> it. No. And I, th I think there's also a sense of, so for anyone listening to this, you know, and they're thinking, do you know what? You know, I'd love to have a go at this lot, but, but crikey, you know, I, I, I don't let that stop you. Don't let the fact that, no. you know, you have no listeners and, or it's the same with, with YouTube and everything else. Everyone started somewhere, mm -hmm. but actually don't worry about getting the million followers. Just, worry about doing a great job and yeah. you'll pick up one or two far there might be in india there might be in the far reaches of finland but great you're making a difference in the far reaches of finland you know don't let that <laughs> exactly. stop you and i am um, so much of my podcast i mean it's called give yourself the chat which is just really about just a, as individuals just thinking about okay what can i control what what can i do because there's so much outside of my control but how can i overcome my own adversity what can i do for myself and so it's not from a sort of depression sense what i want to be very clear of it's not about give yourself the chat to just get on with it and man up kind of thing because that's the worst yeah. advice it's really just give yourself the chat. okay well what could i do and and the one thing i i say to people is what you can always do is talk even if it's just talking out loud and you think nobody's listening but just talking about it that's within everyone's control even yeah. if it's you know uh, even if you think no one's listening even just hearing yourself for me is the first step in acknowledging there's something up but if you keep it bottled up i i've yeah. I've, ne I've never come across anyone yet that's managed this journey of depression anxiety mental health by keeping it bottled up i'm yet no. to hear of a story where that is a, an effective i think you'd be waiting for process. a very long time yeah in that respect so the fact that you know, if, if you get nothing else from listening to this episode, just talk to somebody, even if it's yeah. your, your cat, your dog. Incidentally, I don't know if you noticed my, my dog in the background there. Fast you know asleep. What? I freaked out a little minute. Like I think it was it's a minute conversation because I saw the blanket move and I can't see anything. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to freak you out. Like there's something behind you. Because someone said that, yeah, there's, like, there's something moving. There's something you. on your sofa. So <laughs> for those who are listening, there's the, uh, I'm in my office and I've got this uh, scabby old sofa and on it is this uh, pet whippet who's um, 18 weeks old. But he's my therapy dog, you know, part of pandemic and, and back to your point with some of the positive pandemic is everyone's got a, everyone's got a podcast everyone's got a puppy um yeah. and uh, and he is my oh, you've got both. you're winning yeah <laughs> yeah weird he's um uh, i really need help he's um <laughs> he, he's he's my help he's my help he's it he allows me to be externally focused on him and his needs and wants and yeah. in return it's a bit of a cliche it's my turn now but you get unconditional love back and yeah but it's, it's true and like you, you mentioned there about like the like being in charge of like what you can control. Like I was, I was speaking about this recently, and it is about focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that you know that you do get so much joy out of, without realizing that does take your mind off like like the pandemic or yeah. you know all the negative stuff that's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot of joy 
also pisses you off when he chews through your your fairy lights cable <laughs> that you just put up for Christmas. But even then, repairing those. That's your own I, fault, dude. Yeah. My, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's um, um, but it was um, even repairing the cable. I was focusing on that rather than any worries or problems yeah. in the world. And I, and I think that sometimes you just have to find a way to get out of your own head. Yeah. Not to and and to accept. Okay, I'm out of my. But it gives you a little bit of objective distance from from this, and um, you know, this for anyone that's listened to this, you know, neither of us are doctors. We're not prescribing anything. Yeah. We're just talking about what what has and has worked for us and could work for somebody listening to this. I guess that's all we could ever hope for, isn't it? Definitely. So tell me about just finally. Uh, tell me about how people can listen to your show uh, and 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 what's going on um i know you're involved in a live event at time of recording and this will be published yeah. too late for people to jump on that <laughs> but just tell me about the, the what what's next for you and how people can engage with what you're doing um yeah it's all a bit mad really so tonight yeah i'm doing my first ever live version of the waffle shop podcast which mm. is everywhere obviously wherever, wherever you listen to podcasts just i'll just type it in or over on instagram obviously we, i've built up a little bit of a i hate saying this word but a bit of a community and we all have like a bit of a laugh and stuff so obviously if you want to waffle or if you are struggling obviously drop me a dm and we'll have a chat about it um but yeah i've always been i'm from that generation before youtube so I don't understand social media as much as I probably should. Yeah. But I had this opportunity to sit by these incredible people in the city that I live in. And they said, like, we've got this space. Um, we're trying to show off like what we can do. Would you like to do one of your episodes? I was like, yeah. So then, oh, no, actually, that's a lie. I originally said no, because um, I've got too much going on. And I got there and there was like, two sofas set up there was like <laughs> uh, like they projected like my logo onto the back of this like backdrop and i was like oh, okay i feel like oprah <laughs> i walked into that room i was like okay so it's probably going to go horribly wrong but do you know what it's like i'm i'm really excited for it because it's nice. again completely out of my comfort zone and for for me it's the getting out of my comfort zone this year that has really turned my life around for the better yeah. so if it all goes wrong it goes wrong but at least i've tried it mate that so, is yeah. that is brilliant <laughs> you're, you're getting you're such an influencer these days that's what it is i they, don't I like that no hey, yeah, i hate that word <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> You'll have, you'll have, you'll have. I wonder if Cool and the Gang and Janine will be, uh, will be focusing. I'll, I'll certainly check it out, and certainly going to check it out on, on Instagram and, and follow you there. And I look forward to uh, many thank more you. waffles from from here on in. But um, for the time being, Taylor, thank you so much for your time and supporting my show. And I look forward to doing the same for you. It's been a pleasure.